Good morning, everybody. And good morning to those who are watching online. This, I think this is going to be a really, really neat service. I really do. Uh, I think God has some, uh, some big, big things uh, planned. You know, when we become Christians, we, uh, we become completely new creations. New creations, right? And, and that's amazing. But the thing is that's weird is we still deal with a lot of the same issues, don't we? We still have the flesh. We still have this body that does not want to serve God. We still come with emotional baggage and spiritual baggage and, and all that sort of things. And it's, and it's ugly when you look at it. I mean, and we're going to have some, just some ingredients that represent that. And here's some, here's some lemon juice. And that represents, that represents the, the bitterness in our, in our life. And then you have also, you have, you have vinegar. And that looks real good on the outside. Doesn't that look pure? But it stinks on the inside, doesn't it? And that can represent uh, our self-righteousness, where we, where we really think it shows, it looks like we have everything going on the outside, but inside, that's not the way, that's not the way it is. And then you also have our, the, the anger that's represented by the, by the hot sauce. You've got things that we deal with. And just where, where bitterness and anger's, anger's in there. And then we have something green, Right? You have something green, and that's, that's our jealousies, that's our envies, that's the thing where we, we covet what, what belongs to, to other people, and that's the, the lime juice. We'll put some lime juice in there. And then you also have the, the stuff that there's nothing really in. It's not the real stuff in here, okay, just in case there was somebody. But, uh, but this, what's represented here is our, our addictions and, and the things that hold us, hold us at bay and the strongholds in our, in our life. And we all have those too, don't we? We all have those things that we, uh, that we deal with. And then you have the, the coffee, the things that keep us awake at night. Those are our worries and our, our fears and our, our concerns and, 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 and anxiety and everything like that. that. That goes in there too. And then you have the, the really dark stuff. You've got the... The, the true things that we deal with, the perversions, the, the, the hatred in our heart, the prejudices in our heart and things, and we deal with that too. And I just want to, you know, I just refuse to believe that this is the life that God has for us, right? I mean, when Jesus says that he's, he comes to, to give us life and here, give it abundantly, I refuse to believe that this is the life that he's talking about. I refuse to believe that. And by the end of this service... I'm going to drink what's in this cup, okay? But until then, we have a message that's going to, I think, hopefully uh, clear this whole thing up about what God wants to do with that, with that mess. And we're going to take a look at just five verses today and really concentrate on, on one verse. That's what, it's, that's what it's going to be. And it comes from Ephesians chapter f- uh, 5, starting with verse 14. And he says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And first of all, before we go on, I just want us to, that could be a message too, couldn't it? Because according to this, it is possible to be a Christian and be asleep. It's possible to be a Christian and waste your time and waste your life. It's possible to be a Christian and not know what God's will is and to live an unwise life. But then we go on to that and leads to Ephesians 5, 18. And do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the, with the Spirit. 
Now, you know, we're, uh, we're going deeper this year. We really are. And some things that I just want to have like a teaching moment here. The, the Bible is, is written in three languages, primarily two. The Old Testament is written in, uh, in Hebrew. And there's a little bit of Aramaic in there as well, which is the language that Jesus uh, spoke. The, the New Testament is, is written in, in Greek. And our language, uh, English, is not a very t- articulate language. But Greek, God could not have picked a more articulate language to... To, uh, to, to have his word because it is, it is so precise and so articulate. For instance, if, if I said, I love you, you know, I could say, I love you to different things. I could say, I love you to God. I say, I love you to, to my brothers in here. I say, I love you to, to Sylvia. We're doing that. I would say completely, you know, I could mean different things, couldn't I? But you use the exact same word. In the Greek, it's completely different. There's, it, there's, different, there's many different words for love. There's, uh, there's phileo, which is where we get the word uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. It's a brotherly love. It's a man, hey, love you, bro, right? And then there's the agape, which is a godly love. It's the love that we have for God and God has for, for us. It's an agape love. There's also eros, which is the erotic love. It's the love that, that, that you have for, for, the, for the opposite sex, for you date, for you, who you marry. That's the, uh, that's, that's the, the, the eros love. And, but then also, I, I, when you say that, I could say, I love you. And in the Greek, you know exactly, you would use a tense that says, I started loving you here and I'm going to love you until here. And it goes on and on with just different different things. It's such an articulate language. So when you say I love you, you're saying I love you in this way and I love you for this long and I love you in this to, to this capacity. And with that in mind, we're going to go into to just the, the word when it says, uh, it says filled. And the first thing... <coughs> And it says, here's some thoughts about being filled with the Spirit. The first thing, it is in the imperative tense. And what that means is it's a commandment. I mean, God is saying, I command you to be filled with the Spirit. This is not a suggestion to God. This is not saying, hey, you might consider this for your Christian faith. This is a commandment saying, God says, I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I command you to be. In other words, it's not a, the moonroof or alloy wheels or something when it comes to, to, to our faith. It is the motor in the, in the car. It's not an option. It is, it is the essential thing that God is, uh, is saying that we need. And notice, too, that this, is, this was written to, to Christians. So wait a second. Hold on. If this is written to Christians, is it possible to be, to be a Christian and not be filled with the Spirit? And there's two, open, two different thoughts when it, when it comes to that. There's some people that believe that, that, you have, that the filling of the Spirit is a second work of grace. You get saved, but then there's also another time that you get, that you get filled, that you get baptized with the, with the Spirit. There's other people who believe that we get the Holy Spirit as as believers. When we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes as a a part of that too. But it doesn't mean that we're filled with that. It would be like that that I have a pilot light at my house, right, in the the hot water heater. And it's always there. It's always on. But man, when I turn the, the hot water on... You know, there it goes. And that's the difference between having it and being filled with it. And, I, you know, whatever way you, you come down on that, it, it, here's what really matters, I think. Here's something that we can really all agree with. Maybe some people believe that, you know, that you're dry before you get, uh, before a second work of grace. Some people believe this has a little, a little water and it's a little wet, it's a little damp. But the word for, 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 for baptized, it means to immerse. And this is, I think, what God wants no matter what. No matter what we had before, God wants us to be so filled that we are filled to over. 
overflowing with his, his spirit, no matter what we started out to, to begin with. And so God's saying that he wants us all to, uh, commands us even, that he wants all uh, us to be filled with the, with the spirit. Also, it's in the plural. And that means that, that it is for everybody. I want you to hear this. It's not the, the Holy Spirit and the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just for some spiritual elite. It's not just for the Billy Grahams of the world. It's not just for that. It is for, it, that is for every single person. The Holy Spirit is available to every single one of us who are hearing my voice right now. That does not mean that we're making ourselves available to him, but he is available to us. All of him is available to, uh, to us at any time. And by the way, there, there is not a Holy Spirit junior, right? I mean, this is, the Holy Spirit is available to, to our children. The Holy Spirit, he is available to, to our youth. He is available to us. He's available to, to no matter how old you are. There's not a Holy Spirit junior. There's not a geriatric Holy Spirit. He's available for every single one of us in, in, uh, in all of his in, intensity. Another thing is it's in the passive to be filled. And that means we can't fill ourselves. We can't psych ourselves up and go, man, I just, come on, come on. I mean, it's something that, now understand this. That we can reject the Holy Spirit, uh, we can uh, we can also resist the Holy Spirit, or we can be receptive to the Holy Spirit. But we can't fill ourselves. This is only something that God does for us. So what? So what does that mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What's that word there? And again, in the Greek, what does that mean? First of all, it means total control. It means to have total control. In other words, and this is the same word in the Greek that is used for, for when a dominant emotion takes over somebody or a group of, of people. In, in Luke chapter 4, the people, the Bible said they were filled, the Jews were filled with anger when Jesus talked about the the Gentiles in his hometown of Nazareth. And they were so filled with, with, with anger that they were willing to, ready to push him off a, a cliff. They were filled with anger. Then there's also in, in Acts chapter 13, the, the Jews were so filled with, with jealousy that they were willing to, ready to do some really bad stuff that they normally would not, would not do. In Matthew chapter 28, the women who came to the tomb were so filled with joy that, uh, that they were beside themselves. And so, you know, if, if you've ever been, if you've ever been so filled with anger that you said something or did something that you were ashamed of or wish you hadn't done, you understand what this word is, right? If you've been so filled with joy, maybe at the birth of your child or maybe a huge, huge sporting event or something, uh, uh, your, your team won and, and you were slapping high fives with complete strangers or chest bumping complete strangers or ready to dance in the aisle, you know what filled with complete total where it takes over and you're doing something you don't normally do. We've probably all seen somebody who was filled to intoxication with, with alcohol, that somebody was, was drunk. And think about it. Think about what that does. It so controls them that it affects the way they speak, doesn't it? It affects the way they think. It affects the way they act. And what, what, what alcohol getting drunk does for us negatively, the Holy Spirit does for us positively. That we, we start to think different. We have purer thoughts. We have thoughts that are positive instead of negative. We have thoughts that are, that are generous. We have thoughts that are loving. We have thoughts like that. It affects our speech too, doesn't it? That, that suddenly our, our mouth is not used for, for destruction as much as it used to be. That it's used for, for life instead of death. It's, it's, it, more positive things came out, come out of our mouth than negative things. It also affects the way he affects the way we, we act too, doesn't he? 
that all of a sudden we start, we start acting maybe in more loving ways. When we used to react like this, we don't react anymore like that. And when we used to, used to do this, now we're just more peaceful people. We're more loving people. We're more generous people. We're not as, our thoughts are not as self-centered. They're, they're more th- uh, centered on, on other people. And, and we start having the thoughts that God has about situations instead of just thoughts that we have about situations. It affects every single thing. And, and notice something else too. A, a, a drunk person doesn't have to concentrate on, on slurring their words, do they? They don't concentrate on wobbling and walking in a, in, a, in a wobbly way. What do they have to concentrate on? They simply concentrate on being filled with the juice and, and the other takes over. And so many times we look at this stuff on the outside and we look at change behavior, change my behavior, change, I need to change my behavior, change. I wonder if we just concentrated more on being filled with God's spirit, if the behavior would just come as a matter of course a whole lot more because, because that's God's spirit working in us and working, and working through us. In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and was, was poured out on people, you know, they, they were seeing things they didn't understand. They were, it was obvious that these people were being empowered by something that wasn't, that wasn't them. And they said, the only thing they could come up with said, man, they're drunk. Peter said, we're not drunk. And we're intoxicated, but we're not intoxicated with, with, uh, with, with alcohol. We're intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. And do not miss this. this I think this is, this is a life-changing thing. We're going to be filled with something in this world. We're going to be filled with something. There are people who are filled with anger. There are people who are filled with lust. There are people who are filled with bitterness. There are people who are filled with themselves. There are people who are filled with materialism and greed. There are people filled with, you know, I could go on and on and on. We are going to be filled with something. And here's the thing. I refuse to believe that this is what God wants us to be filled with. I refuse to believe that. So what is it that God wants us to be filled? What were we created to be filled with? I think we were created to be filled with the Spirit of God. That is what we were created. You were made. I was made. The thing that we were supposed to be filled with is the Spirit of Almighty God. And let me look at it like this. Here's a, a glove. And if I just put this glove right over here, what can it do? Apart from, apart from me, what can it do? Really nothing. It exists, right? In fact, if it does something, I'm out of here. I don't know about you, but I'm gone. I mean, it's not going to do anything it, because it, it's not filled with what it was created to be filled with. But now if I put my hand in here, the creators, the designers of this glove created this glove to be filled with a human hand. And now, I mean, this thing can protect me. This, this glove can keep me warm. And what I can do with this, I can build gardens. I can build a house with this. I could, I could do so many things with this because now it was, it's being filled with what it was created to be filled with. And, and I want us to understand this. Our life is going to be represented by one of these two gloves. Which best represents your life right now? That or are you being filled with what you were created to be filled with? How about with your children? What do you want for your children, for your grandchildren? Do you want, do you want this or do you want this for their, for their life? For our church, for Crossroads, what do you want us to represent? What is, what, do you want this to represent who we are as a church or do you want this to represent who we are as a church? Can I just be, can I be real with you about something and just share, share something uh, really from my heart? And I want to start out with something uh, encouraging. I really believe that one reason, uh, a big reason that our youth are so hungry for God and so on fire for God, and even right now taking notes and everything like that, inspired, they're not perfect, they're still kids dealing with, 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 with youth issues and stuff, but I see a difference in their life. I truly see a difference in their, in their life. 
And the reason I believe, and maybe they, they can say this too, is, is they've been exposed to the Holy Spirit of God. They are taught that. They are, they are, they, they, that is something that is, that is part of their program. And, and because of that, I see a definite difference between them and the average, the average youth. And can I say this something? I'm about to tell you a story that happened. And the people that I'm talking about, I love. I mean, I love, I love, I love these people. I really do. But there was something where the, the Holy Spirit was being taught a few years ago in our, in our youth. And there was a, a couple that, that understood this. And because of their misunderstanding or because of the way that they were in, in, brought up in a denomination that really did not talk about that in any way, they withdrew their kids from, they withdrew their, their son from our youth group. And, and, here's the, and here's the thing, too, about that. Remember, this is the very thing. He's the very thing that Jesus said he's good, and he's going to be like me, and he's vital for your life, and he's vital for your, for your ministry. And he took, they took their child out of youth group and even wrote some, some things, uh, dis, you know, disparaging things against us or against the, the, uh, me, because we believe that the Holy Spirit is still for today. Amen? We still believe that, that, that he is, that just like Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever, that the Holy Spirit is, is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that the same Spirit that empowered and filled the, the, the apostles then is still available to us today. And we believe that the, all the gifts of the Spirit, not just a few of them, are still available for, for today. And the thing is, what, the, what they did not realize is their child is going to be filled with something. Their child is going to choose to be filled with something, if not filled. And so, so this child chose to be filled with, with drugs. And this child chose to be filled with things that God never intended. God, he was filled with those things. And here's the thing, again, I saw this, and, and he was in, he's been in and out of, of drug rehab for, for, quite some, for quite some time, for the last few years, and I, I saw them the other day at a, at a, at a Starbucks, and I, I enjoyed talking to them, we hugged and everything, and, 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 and I, like I said, I truly love this, this young man, I truly love his dad, I truly do. But I'm telling you, can you, be, can you be full of love and full of frustration at the same time, is that possible? Because what I, you know what I wanted to say? I wanted to say, you know, if he was hungry for the very thing that God created him to be hungry for. He was hungry for that. And not only did you not encourage that, you took it away from him. God wanted him to be filled. God created, God commanded him to be filled with what you took away from, from him, that opportunity. And maybe, maybe, maybe if you hadn't have done that, maybe you would have saved you and maybe you would have saved your family. We would have saved everybody a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of pain because he's going to be filled with something. And instead, what we should do, parents, what we should do, is we should do everything we can to encourage our kids to know first and foremost about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And second, we should give them every opportunity and everything that we can have to have them filled with the very thing that God created them to be filled with. That they finally have the power to say yes to the things they should say yes to and they have the power to say no to the things they should say no to. Amen? And so, uh, and, and so here's just, um, and, and I want to say this too, that we're never going to do, no matter what we ever teach on, no matter how we ever act, no matter how we ever live this, we're not going to do it perfectly. It's true with, with we're not going to represent God the Father the perfect way we should. We're not going to represent God the Son or teach that the perfect way that we should. We're going to try, and we're not going to do that with the Holy Spirit either. And the thing is, that happened even in the early church. Do you realize 1 Corinthians, so many chapters of 1 Corinthians was because they were misusing the gifts of the Spirit. But notice what they did. They did not throw the baby out with the bathwater and said, well, we're just going to forget about that. They fine-tuned what they were doing. They saw what they were doing wrong. They learned from it and they changed the world. And I pray we do the same, same thing. And here's one young man's testimony. 
So I started coming to church when I was around 13, and that's when I also started doing different drugs as well, I guess you could say, because, you know, I, I didn't really have a relationship with the Holy Spirit or anybody else. Like, it just wasn't like with my parents or anything. I didn't really have a bond with them. And so I would substitute whatever I had, like that brokenness in my heart and stuff like that with drug. And so I would fill myself up with these substitutes and they would just, just completely wreck my life and it was not good for me at all, mentally and physically. Yeah. When I first encountered the Holy Spirit with like like a big, like, like a slap in the face really, was when I went to the ramp. You know, that, that was really the big first encounter I had with the Holy Spirit because at the ramp they were like, People were jumping when we were playing worship music. They were they were dancing. People were like yelling out of words in tongues. Basically, I, I didn't know what was going on, but like that like feeling to see that like everyone was going towards something that I didn't even know was a thing was like what really captured me to like want what they have. Like the, the drugs didn't matter anymore. The like the things that I had, my friends, my, you know, no offense to my friends, but, like, my friends didn't matter, like, who was next to me didn't matter, but, like, I wanted what the people around me were, like, striving to get to, and that was the Holy Spirit, because that's what they were filled with, and I, I hadn't been filled with that, like, yet. It was, like, the last day, I think, because we were there for three days, it was, like, the last day, and so I was, like, you know, I, I, I've been feeling it, but, like, that last day, it was just, like, something, like, kicked me in the throat and just like told me to surrender my heart. I felt so much guilt come at me and I was like, I was like, th like this is the one thing I need to, that has to go away and uh, that was like the drugs and and all those like substitutes that I was used for, for instead of having the Holy Spirit filled with me and you know I just kind of like laid that down you know realizing that I had so much like holding me back, so much bondage like chaining me down and finally just giving that to the Lord, it kind of just like overwhelmed me to realize how many chains that I actually had holding me. And it just like have all of those like broken down at once by the Holy Spirit and just like pushed me to sh like actually show me what love and like joy and peace was and like actually feel peace for once instead of having to like fight with myself in my own mind with, over the drugs and stuff like that. It, that's what really like opened the door for me to actually want and continue to go for the Holy Spirit. You ever like work real hard and then like get home and like see a couch and just like lay down on it? That like the Holy Spirit was the couch and I'd worked like a whole like three years without stopping and just like sat down and actually felt like a peace and like a comfort uh, like from the Holy Spirit. And like, you know, we call him our comforter, but like we don't, sometimes we don't really know what that means and like... In that moment, I actually felt what it was like to like actually be comforted by God. It was, it was just crazy to me. Another thing that it means is to, to permeate. I don't want you to just take this, you know, here's some water and here's some food coloring. And let me ask you this. What percentage of the, of the water is going to be affected by this food coloring. It's going to be every single cell, isn't it? Every single drop. And the same thing, too, is this is what God wants to do in our life. He wants to, the Holy Spirit wants to permeate every area where not just our actions, 
but our thoughts and our goals and our motives. And when he starts doing this, here's the thing that's going to start happening. This is what even some of us were talking about, that suddenly the things that used to be really important to us, like he was saying, aren't quite as important as they used to be. And things that never used to be very important at all suddenly become very important to us. It really, uh, it really affects us uh, in, in every way. And, you know, uh, I remember the word permeate, too. I, I remember when I was in, in seminary that my friend and I, we were walking by the, uh, the, the laundromat that, the, the, that was on campus, and suddenly we heard screaming. And I mean screaming, 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 that uh, there was obviously ladies that were very much in, in trouble. So, so we go running in to see what the problem was. There's one way into this place, and it's kind of sunken down. And there were all the ladies that were in the back of the, the, the laundromat against the wall, and there was a family of skunks that had just walked in. So they are, you know, they are, they're pretty terrified. And so we thought we'd do chivalrous thing. And, and so we're wondering, okay, how do we get them out? How do we do this? And my friend immediately came up with an idea. And he said, there was a, a, a big old thing, a particle board over to the side. And he said, he said, you move the skunks this way and I'll catch them in the bag. And I thought, well, I'm not the one holding the bag, so this works out great for me. This is, this is fine. I'll go along with this. And so, again, push that like that. And then the, the skunks, sure enough, they went in that bag, but they did a whole lot of spraying before they went in that bag. And we'll just say Kendall was permeated for a while, okay? I mean, for a day, day and a half, all you smelled was uh, he was permeated with, with skunk. To put that on a positive side, I remember in, when I was in, uh, in seminary as well, and I was walking around uh, campus with, uh, with, with uh, a lady. I was dating and she got cold and so I took off my sweatshirt and I gave it to, to her and as, as I uh, took her back to, to her place she gave me my my sweatshirt back and I remember just taking it and then uh, the next day I remember putting that sweatshirt on again and it smelled good <laughs> it didn't smell like me it didn't smell like sweat it smelled it smelled good it smelled like her perfume because her perfume had had truly permeated everything and I really believe that that's God, what God wants to do. Doesn't he he doesn't, doesn't just want to permeate our life. He wants our life to permeate other lives. That our, our home should be different because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Our, um, our jobs, the, our place of work, our schools should be different because that when we're, when we're in a club or we're in a, a team or anything, wherever we are, our church should be different because we are filled with God's spirit and we bring that, we permeate our, uh, our society wherever we go, uh, just like perfume does on a, uh, on a sweatshirt. Uh, being filled with the Spirit is both an event and a, and a process. It's in the perfect tense. That's the, the way it could really be, is be continuously filled with the Spirit. That would be the best way of transla- uh, translating this. And, and so uh, what that's saying is, you know, think back at a, at a Thanksgiving dinner where you just ate like crazy, you know? I mean, think of those times where have you ever had eaten a Thanksgiving dinner and you thought you had to be rolled away, that somebody would have to roll you away from the, from the table or, or that, you were, you, that you literally had to move Move your belt a different notch. You know what I'm talking about, or, or also you, you know, you went into some almost, almost like a tryptophan coma after a, afterwards. You were so sleepy, but that. But think of it. 24 hours later, what were you doing? You were still hungry, even though you'd eaten like a 600-pound gorilla just you know the the day before. And why? Because because we're created just to continue to be hungry. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever noticed that in? Um, uh, in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 2, the fi- people are filled with the Holy Spirit. But Acts chapter 4, those very same people are filled with the Spirit. What did it not take the first time? Was, was Pentecost not real? Of course not. So then what was the deal? I think the deal was this. We leak. 
don't we? We live in a world that will squeeze the life out of us. We live in a world that will do everything it can to, to, to drain us and deplete us and, and everything. And we need to be constantly filled with, with God's Spirit. You know, the Spirit is, is, is portrayed as a wind. In fact, the word means uh, wind in both the Hebrew and the, and the Greek for the, the Spirit. And I remember I was outside uh, one time on, on Lake Norman. I was uh, sailing with, with a good friend of mine. And man, it was one of those days when you're sailing and it was, oh, it was prima, right? Everything, the wind was just blowing great. And I mean, we're just leaning back and doing everything we can to keep it upright. And it was just wonderful. And I remember just looking at another sailboat as we're whizzing by it and it's not moving. I was wondering, why are we going so fast and why are they not moving? And then suddenly it dawned on me and suddenly I saw they didn't have their sail up. The question wasn't whether the wind was available. The question was whether they were harnessing the wind that was available. The same that's true in our life. It's not true. We, the, the Holy Spirit is always available for us to harness his, his comfort, His peace, His power, His joy, His love, whatever it is. But that doesn't mean we're going to have the sail up. And what God is wanting to is not just one time in our life, but every day of our life that we hoist the sail every morning. I wonder what our life would be different if every morning we said, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh and anew. And maybe there's those times in life, like he had, you know, those moments where we just said, man, the, the Holy Spirit just pours out on us in just a way. But how about every day where we just get refilled with, uh, with, his, uh, with his Spirit? And also this, there was somebody that said, um, I remember sailing one time and nothing was happening. It was just doldrums. And the guy came up to us and said, man, you should have been here yesterday. And I thought, yesterday's wind doesn't help me today. Not a bit. And yesterday's Spirit in your life doesn't help you for right now. Here's not the question, were you ever filled with the Spirit? Are you filled right now? Is there a time, I mean, right now in your life, is God filling you to the uttermost? Do you have fresh flames of the Spirit right now? And when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there's two words that are really important. The first word is ask. Because God said, God said this in, in Luke chapter 11, if, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give, don't miss this, the Holy Spirit? To those who, here's the, here's the thing, to those who ask. And the other word is receive. And here's from Acts chapter 8. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe that's the case of many people here today. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they, here's the word again, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not going to put God in a box and say, here's how you receive him. Because people receive the Holy Spirit in a million different ways, just like they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior in a million different ways. For me, here's what happened. When I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was in a camp in Colorado on the back of a wood pile. And I remember asking God to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And I'll be honest with you, after I did that, I was expecting something spectacular to happen. At least a falling star, right? I mean, at least. Maybe the Alleluia Chorus, maybe some... I wanted something big to say, wow, something just happened. And I remember actually being disappointed as I walked back to the, the camp. And a guy who, who was, was talking there was genius and he said this. He said, if you, if you didn't feel anything, don't worry about that. Because you're, you're, what you did isn't based on your feeling, it's based on the fact of, of God's promise. That he says, if we confess with our mouth that uh, Jesus is the Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. And if we receive him, he'll be our Lord and, uh, and Savior. So, and I love that. But you know what, when I remember, uh, I had never heard, I grew up in a church that I never one time heard about, the, the Holy Spirit was never mentioned, ever. And I remember I was a Christian, I started, I, got, I was reading my Bible in the book of Acts and I thought, man, who is this Holy Spirit? He seems incredibly important. And I remember getting down on my knees and praying, God, if this is for real and if it's for now, lay it on me. 
And I remember, man, I felt something that time. I mean, it was like I felt liquid love come over. I remember my, like, my, my eyes started just like twitching and everything like this. It was like, it, but here's the thing I want to say is, is when we ask and we receive, some people are going to feel something on every time they do that. Some people are going to feel nothing and it's okay. It's based on the promise that God says, I'm going to come in. You know, that time that I did not feel anything when I asked Jesus to be my Lord and Savior, man, the next few days, my life was different. I mean, it was just like I started seeing life different. And even though I didn't feel anything, I just started seeing things different. And if we could maybe do something uh, right now, if we could just uh, stand for a moment. And we'll get back to the water in a minute. But here's what I, I want us to do. If we could just close our eyes. Maybe you're here today and you said, you know what, I, I, I've, never, I've never really asked the Holy Spirit to come into my life to fill me. And maybe you have and maybe you could say, you point to a time where you felt His presence more than you do right now. And, you, and maybe, maybe it's like Acts chapter 4, maybe you've leaked. And God wants to fill you or refill you with His Spirit right now. And just like that sponge, He doesn't want it just to, just to barely trickle in. He wants to go foosh. And I'm going to say, maybe you're going to feel something incredible right now. And maybe you're not. It's not based on your feelings. It's based, it's based on God's promise. Because God said he's going to do it to those who ask. And he's either a liar or he's not. And he either means it or he doesn't. And he's not a liar. And he means what he says. So when he, we ask for it, that we're going to receive. And so maybe you even just want to be in a posture of openness. Maybe your hand's open and, a, and saying, God, I want to receive. Or whatever works for you. But maybe just repeat these words after me. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I need you. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to have total control. I ask you to permeate everything. My thoughts, my words, my actions. I give my life to you. I ask that you purify me. I ask that you make me more like Jesus. I ask that you lead me and guide me. Be my comforter. Fill me with your fruit. And God, thank you. You say, when I ask, I'll receive. So Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. And you can be seated for a moment. And here's what I want to, us to show. Maybe just uh, what happens when we're filled. Here's all this junk. Here's everything. But God with His Spirit, He just comes and starts pouring in. It doesn't mean we're never going to have bad thoughts. It doesn't mean we're never going to struggle. It doesn't mean we're never going to, to have bad motives or anything like that. But what it means is the more He pours in, the more He pours in, something that we're going to see is is we're going to have we're going to be different than we were before and there's going to be sometimes that 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 we that even though we used to react in a certain way we don't react that way and we used to say words when some things happen we don't do that and we used to be disrespectful or not anymore we used to look at things in the world from a from the culture's point of view and now all of a sudden we're starting to view it from from God's point of view and it's different and everything and we just see and you know there's times in life that notice that there's an overflow right Notice there's an overflow that just like it is, we're supposed to not only be filled, but, but permeate society. And there's times in life that it just does this, that every day, if we just ask for more and more, He does this. But then there's also the times in life that He just comes and, and you just go, you're overwhelmed with the Spirit and you just, God, thank you for being so incredible. And suddenly there's, suddenly there's, 
suddenly there's a freshness when there wasn't before. And this is what you just ask to receive. And again, you know, God's spirit doesn't, it just, he transforms. He doesn't transform overnight. But what it will do is just, as you, as you keep asking for him every day, every day of your life, and just say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, empower me today. Fill me afresh and anew. All of a sudden, you're going to look back a year from now and go, I'm not the same person. I mean, I'm different. There's change. I'm not the person, I'm still not the person I want to be. But dadgummit, I'm not the person I used to be either. And so if we could pray right now. Dear God, I thank you that you did something here today. And I pray that every person that's hearing the sound of my voice, those who are watching online, those who are in here, those who are going to be listening to this a week, a month, 10 years from now. Lord God, thank you for not leaving us alone. Thank you, God, for giving us the comforter, the empowerer, the one who fills us with, with, his, with his fruit and his gifts to change this world. So God, we don't want to be the same. Jesus, thank you for sending your spirit so that the work on earth can be done and so that we can finally have the power to say yes to the things we should say yes to and no. God, we ask that you, uh, that we are that glove that is full in our life. We ask that our children are filled with your spirit, Lord God, even now. That God, we ask that, that this church, we do, just like we've asked several times as we were singing, fill this place. Holy Spirit, every time we come in here, fill this place. But I pray that when people drive on campus, and we hear this all the time, God, even more and more, when people drive on campus, they just feel the presence of your, of your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We invite you into our life. We invite you into our church to do exactly what you want us to do. And we thank you, God, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.